Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. Paul the Apostle, writing to the church in Ephesus, he says this. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord God, we submit ourselves again to the authority of your holy word, asking that your spirit would open our eyes and soften our hearts. We ask that today as we give ourselves to your purposes in our lives as we study this word together, that you would show us Jesus, that you would teach us the gospel, that you would make us your people for the sake of communicating your goodness and your glory that you alone deserve. We ask this in the name of Jesus, amen. So there was a very seasoned and uh, decorated and well-trained highway patrolman who was known for being steady and calm in crisis. He was such a cool character, they called him Iceman because they said he had ice in his veins. For the kiddos out there, yeah, that's a weird mental image. So one day, this highway patrolman, Iceman, was cruising down the freeway in his unmarked van, just listening to the police band chatter and sort of calmly trolling for stolen vehicles when suddenly, out of nowhere, he saw two guys fly by him in a flash in, get this, his brand new, precious, and very distinctly painted two-tone truck that he'd had for about a week. For a couple seconds he couldn't believe it he just sat there stunned wondering if he'd really seen what he thought he saw but then instinct kicked in and and he floored it he grabbed the radio he started screaming for backup as fast as he was driving his whole body tight veins popping out of his head he was talking so fast and so loudly the dispatcher had to have him repeated at least two or three times And in what he later said was just a matter of seconds, but was really about a minute, he had chased down, pulled over, and handcuffed these two men and had them sitting on the highway shoulder, hands behind their backs, while he let loose, screaming and yelling and waving his arms, absolutely just going nutso on them with words we should never say, kiddos. The two men just sat there wide-eyed, wondering at first what they'd done other than steal a truck. He was so fired up and so out of control and sort of nutso, yelling obscenities and and saying things like, who has the audacity to steal my truck off my street in front of my house? 
So crazy and nutso was he that when backup arrived a full three minutes later, one of the two thieves sitting on the side said to the backup officer who came, dude needs to relax. All we did was steal his truck. Just take us to jail already. Of the many situations in which the Iceman found himself over the years and the many things for which he had been trained, this was not one of them. In fact, after he sort of calmed down after the fact, and for days later, he was sort of puzzled over how, uh, how intensely and viscerally he had responded. When investigating intense situations like robberies or, or even coming up on crimes in progress, he had always been the Iceman, cool, calm, carefully detached. But in this moment, all that objectivity disappeared in a flash when it involved his own stuff. When the crisis imposed on, on his territory, in an instant, instinct for, for self-preservation erased all his previous training, and the man that was in uniform became a common citizen enraged by the theft of his possession. Here's something that's been made clear to me in the first couple of weeks of our response to COVID-19. Crisis, whether actual or perceived, because the physiological response is basically the same. Crisis reveals not only what's in you, but what's in you that you haven't been seeing and that you often can't control. Crisis reveals, at, at a very deep level, beyond your day-to-day -day awareness, crisis reveals what you're made of, what you give yourself to, how you use your resources, and what you really love. Because of COVID-19, some of us today are so enraged at what feels to us like the theft of our safe and secure life that it's keeping us up at night. Because of COVID-19, some of us today are so fearful at what feels to us like the threat of death that our paralysis is keeping us from even small personal interactions that not only fall within all of the safety guidelines, but that we know we need. Because of COVID-19, some of us today are experiencing such a confusing and a difficult mix of angry and fearful or, or neither angry nor fearful or sometimes angry and sometimes fearful or, or who knows what that we feel sort of powerless and out of control and emotionally spent in ways that make us wonder if we're all just pawns and more, pe more powerful people's plans to gain more power, persuade more voters, publish more papers, be more right, make more money, write more articles, stir up more controversy, sell more ads. The list goes on and on and on. Who knows what's really going on? I don't. You don't. We can't know. No human has that much scope and experience and knowledge and power and wisdom. So we all just sit around wondering how it's all going to pan out since this graph said this for that country and these stats said this about the spread and this model shows this for, for our future and this diagram claims that if we flatten the curve or if we surf the curve or if we do the hammer and dance or we, we go with herd immunity. I, I don't know about you, but two weeks in, frankly, 
I'm angry and fearful and confused and tired multiple times a day, sometimes at the same time, wondering how long this is going to last, why it's happening, who's pulling what strings, how we're going to get through it, how long the recovery will last, and how many more hours per week and years per lifetime longer I and my kids and my grandkids and their grandkids and their grandkids are all going to have to work in order to just sort of survive. With all of our amazing technology and our information and our expertise, we are all ultimately left with way more wondering, way more questions, way more unknowns, and way more who knows what's in our world than we were aware of just a few weeks ago. Psalm 8.4 says, What is man that you are mindful of him? Isaiah 40 verse 6 says, All flesh is like grass. It withers when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus says, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's amazing, isn't it, how radically correct the word of God is when it tells us how ultimately very limited and frail and helpless and quite human we all really are. Are we preaching? So the question for us today is this. What is COVID-19 revealing from deep inside you that would be helpful for you to see today? What is our current situation showing you that you haven't been seeing about yourself or that you didn't even know was there? It's like they say in politics, and this is something we're seeing play out before our eyes, never let a crisis go to waste. For us, we don't want to let this crisis go by without learning about ourselves what God might be trying to teach us. Now, you may have read this passage that we just read from Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, and you may be thinking even now, what's Paul's prayer for the Ephesian Christians in this passage? What's it got to do with me in my current situation? Well, Paul's in prison while he's trying to carry on his mission. And the Ephesian Christians are an absurdly tiny and, and powerless little band of weirdos proclaiming Jesus as king in this huge metropolitan city that's full of secular and godless institutions and religions and philosophies. So Paul's prayer for them is to be strong and mature and established in the love of Christ because when the world around them is pressing in hard, that's when they themselves will see and the world around them will also see and experience the great depths of the love of God. And it's also when we are on display for his goodness and glory. And so here's how we're saying all this today. If you are strongly rooted, if you are strongly rooted in the love of Christ, in times of crisis, the strength of God's power will be revealed to you and through you. If you are strongly rooted in the love of Christ, in times of crisis, the strength of God's power will be revealed to you and through you. Let's see how Paul develops this argument starting in chapter 3, verse 14. With the first three words, Paul says this, verse 14, for this reason. 
Last week we covered 3, 1 through 13, where Paul starts with exactly these same three words for this reason, as if he was about to begin praying for them there as he does here. But then he begins to talk in verses 1 through 13, sort of parenthetically, for the rest of those 13 verses about his own imprisonment and his suffering that was part of God's plan to reveal himself to the Ephesians. So if you look back with me at chapter 2, verse 22, this is where we'll see the reason for, for this reason. Look at this. Paul says this in verse 22 of chapter 2. In him, meaning in Christ, you also, talking about the Ephesian Christians, you also are being built together. This is what God is doing among them, among you. He's saying to the Ephesian Christians, building you together to become stronger, right? So like as the building rises in Jesus, through Jesus, person by person, brick by brick, in Jesus, you are being built together, look at this, into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. For this tiny little band of powerless Christians in a huge metropolitan city who were up against dominant and well-developed systems of pagan temples and ritualistic cults and secular and godless philosophies, Paul is saying to them here, listen, God is doing something bigger and better and more important in you than you know. And in order for you to be part of that something bigger and better and more important, you're gonna have to, to grasp and understand. You're gonna need all the power and strength and love of Christ available to you to stand strong, to stay focused. So, back to 3.14. He says, for this reason, so you'll keep getting stronger in Jesus so that when you're squeezed, your life reveals God's power both to you and through you, for this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees, I pray, it's a posture of humility, I bow my knees before the Father, verse 15, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, from whom all life finds its source. Since he's the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, from whom all life finds its source, then certainly, Paul says, he can help you and make you stronger. So for this reason, so you'll keep getting stronger in Jesus to be prepared for the squeeze of life, the crisis that comes, Paul prays for two that's, T-H-A-T-S. He prays for two that's in verses 16 through 19. Let's look at them quickly here. First, he prays for power, in verse 16, I bow my knees before the Father that, verse 16, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We'll come back to that first that in just a minute. And then Paul prays for the second that. He prays for love. Keep reading. Verse 17b, the second half of 17 and following there. He says, I bow my knees before the Father that you, being rooted and grounded in love, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. We'll come back to that second that in just a minute. And though, though there's a third that here next, it's just a summary that for the whole prayer that proceeds. So don't really worry about that that yet. He says, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now look, most, look more closely at those four verses, starting again at verse 14. Again, Paul says, he's praying, for this reason, so that they will 
continue to become stronger in Jesus, to be ready for the squeeze of life that reveals God's power to them and through them. He says, I pray first that for power, that according to the riches of his glory. In other words, in keeping with his internal power and glory and might, his character and nature, which is perfect and holy because he owns it all. He's the king of the universe according to the riches of his glory that he may grant you like a, like a glorious and powerful father who's also king often grants favors for his special friends from his huge treasury. This is a, a common practice uh, for kings. There was a time in many uh, societies where the king once a year w- would give gifts to his friends to, to curry favor and, and to bless them and to, to say, I'm glad you're a part of my kingdom. Enjoy some of what's mine. So this father who made us, who is also king, grants favors for us. Keep reading. Why? Look at this. To be strengthened with power. To be strong and powerful. How? Not through the normal worldly means that that mean nothing. (laughs) That mean nothing when it comes to being strong to stand firm during trials. But through his spirit. That's how you're made strong, through his spirit in your inner being, by being spiritually strong so that Christ, verse 17, may dwell in your hearts, may live in your hearts through faith, through faith in the finished work of Jesus who lived the perfect sinless life, who was sacrificed for you. And because he was perfect and sacrificed and raised to new life in Christ, you can be raised to new life in Christ if you have that faith. So that, so that Christ may live in your hearts through that faith in him, so that Jesus would not just be uh, for you some sort of prophetic and powerless little sort of elf on the shelf puppet that you just take down when you need him and he serves to care for your temporary human discomforts and sicknesses, but that rather because Jesus actually lived perfectly, he actually died for you, he was actually raised to new life because he actually lives in you by God's spirit and by faith, not only would you have a heightened awareness of his power to stand strong during your crisis because you know who you are and where you're headed, but that others around you, they would watch your life and they would see that your power to stand, that your power to stand strong comes from somewhere other than you. It comes from God because it's, as Paul says in this prayer, it's according to the riches of his glory because it's so clearly not from you. It had to be granted to you from a king because it clearly comes from your inner being that's strong and made new by God's spirit that that softens your heart to say yes to hear from him. Friends, this is what it looks like during crisis when someone who has Christ living in them by faith Stand strong. It looks like power granted from above. So that's the first of Paul's prayer requests. The first that, that they would have power. And the second one here that he offers, look at verses uh, 17b and following here. The second one that he prays for here is love. He says, I'm praying, I'm bowing my knees before the Father so that you would be prepared for crisis, so that you would understand the power and love of God for yourself and demonstrate it to others 
For this reason, I pray, second that, for love, that you, look at this cool phrase, being rooted and grounded in love, being so deeply and firmly planted and established in that same supreme, sacrificial, gracious, merciful, unwavering and unconditional love that motivated God to save you from your sins, that you may have strength to comprehend, verse 18, that you would have power to understand for yourself more fully with time by growing, by becoming stronger with all the saints who are around you and who are also being built up into Jesus as an encouragement to your growth. That you would know, look at this, how wide, how long, how high, how deep, what is the, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. There are many places in the Bible where these four things are said. The four is fullness. It's completion. It's a way to say everything imaginable about the thing that it describes, that this four-dimensional love would, verse 19, be known by you intimately, not just intellectually, but you would experience it. You would know it so that you would know the love of Christ. Look at this. That surpasses knowledge. That because you know who Jesus is, who you were, what he's done, what you have, where he is now raised to new life and where you're going, that you would hold, because all that's real and actual, as so precious and dear God's love for you that motivated him to make up for your sins, to die for you, that you would hold so precious and dear God's love for you, that your intimate knowledge and experience of that love could be adequately described as going beyond the human limitations of knowledge because it comes from God himself. So Paul's praying the two that's, one for power for them and one for love, that they would experience the power and love of God for themselves during trial and because of that trial, because of those circumstances, because they're standing strong in power and they, they know that love, that others would see it too. And so there's the third that here, and it's a, a summary. Uh, it's a summary that for the whole prayer and everything that precedes. So don't worry much about that that, except to say that Paul is praying that you, that the Ephesian Christians, that you, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God, that your life would be so full of this supreme love of God that when squeezed, when your life is squeezed by crisis and trial and circumstances that are hard, that you would more deeply understand God's power granted to you as father and king and that others would more clearly see God's power through you. So friends, what is COVID-19 revealing from deep inside you that would be helpful, that would be helpful for you to see today, that maybe you haven't been seeing about yourself, that maybe you're realizing for the first time the last few weeks that pressures and circumstances are, are revealing in you. Friends, I pray, like Paul, for the Ephesian Christians, I pray for you that this circumstance reveals that indeed you are becoming more strongly rooted, established, firm, 
planted in the supreme and the sacrificial and the gracious and the merciful, the unwavering, the unconditional, and the four-dimensional love of Christ that comes from above, that raised him from the dead, that softens our hearts, and that offers us new life. So then times of crisis, it's the strength of God's power that will be revealed to you and through you. You are made to communicate the goodness and glory of God because he alone deserves it. I pray that the squeeze of today's struggles will show for you and others what's truly inside. Friends, today God's wanting to teach you and further establish you in the good news that forever hope in his son Jesus that forever hope in his son Jesus is the only anchor that holds. I'm praying that becomes clearer to you and through you. Let's pray. Indeed, Lord, we are here today because uh, you are creator, your father, we're part of your family. You made us for yourself and for your glory. And uh, our joy and comfort, contentment, and peace are all found in giving in to the amazing truth that you made us and we are yours. And so uh, we want to continue as we give ourselves to the truth that you've taught us in the word today. We want to continue to, to grow in that truth and to be strengthened by your power to understand um, that indeed... In your son Jesus, you've given us every spiritual blessing that we don't deserve and we could never earn. And that it's enough, that your grace is sufficient, that your mercy is new every morning, that your love for us comes from an endless, deep well of your goodness and your love for us that we reclaim as truth for us so that we would stand strong so that the squeeze and press of the circumstances would be one that doesn't defeat us, but that teaches us anew that you're God and that you're good and that you love us and that we have power that comes from you because you've granted it to us. You've given us what we couldn't earn. We have riches in Jesus forever. Um, so Father, make us strong. Make of us people um, to whom we take these things as more and more precious each day and from whom uh, we communicate the goodness and glory of who you really are so that the world would see that hope is alone anchored in your son Jesus Christ we thank you for that amazing truth we give ourselves to it teach us the gospel today we pray